0: Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Infuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. I think he went to go um, play board games in Celebration of America. He
1: went to go Mimi's.
0: Oh, to Mimi's?
1: Oh, that's a term I just recently learned. Like to go nun night. Oh, so we're gonna go memes. Okay, we're going memes. I was
0: like, wait, he's gonna read memes? I don't know what's going on here. That's my night. But running the boards is Joey Dee's. Hi. Well, uh, while BJ goes memes. We'll have Gareth von Kallenbach giving us some movie reviews and, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicki B. Vicki, how can people get a hold of us?
1: Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Ta-da. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Uh, or just search BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app.
0: Yes, definitely a lot of ways to check out our podcast. And you know, I uh, really do appreciate when you gave us some of that feedback. Previously, people were mad because uh, BJ would yell "Von Kollenbach. and uh, well, I think as maybe one person was annoyed by that. So BJ took that to heart, and then we found out that no people do love it when he yells "Von Kollenbach. And, uh, well, since he isn't here, I did it twice for y'all. And uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, Mr. Von Kallenbach. Yay. Three times the charm. Right now, Gareth von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. That is sknr.net. And a lot of the times, especially these last couple of weeks, and gosh, maybe the whole year, we haven't been able to go see movies, so there haven't been any movie reviews. But what we have done is done a lot of movie news. But now theaters are open. People get to go see the movies in person. And, Gareth, you've had a chance to be able to do that, even starting with last week's Fast 9. Uh, What did you think about Fast 9?
2: Yeah, so Fast 9, as everyone knows, was originally due out last year. And like a lot of films, it was either sold off to a streaming service or um, delayed. And, of course, they delayed it. And it came out. It's done very well overseas, done very well locally. And, you know, the trick about it is it's one of these films that you have to really be in the right frame of mind to enjoy. And by that, I mean you can sit there and tear it to pieces and go – this is absolutely absurd. this is absolutely <laughs> preposterous. There's no way this would work. Uh, you know, prime example is they're running through a jungle in one of the early scenes, and my wife said so they take a muscle car to go running through the jungle in. Uh, and I'm like, you know, if, if that's your most unrealistic thing, you better sit back. Cause you've got a long way to go. And that's kind of the beauty of it, because as she, as she pointed out, and I think she summed it up very well, it's just so absurd, stupid, and ludicrous, which is ironic, because ludicrous is actually a cashier, <laughs> that you You sit there going, how much, how much dumber and more unrealistic can they be? And yet you're hooked to every single frame. And it's like, And that's the whole point. It's almost like you wonder if when they get into the writer's room, if they sit down and go, what is the craziest, most off-the-wall thing we could come up with? And you look over the history of the recent films – We've got the submarine. We've got the airplane chase on the runway that never seemed to end. You know, 20, mi- 20 minutes later at high speed, they're still going down the runway. And, you know, you're like, just how long is that thing? You have the train high, And that's what's so fun about it. It's you check your brain at the door, and it's almost like everyone's in on the joke. There's this really funny meme of Anakin Skywalker and Revenge of the Sith flying in to take on uh, group, uh, the flagship. And there's Dom flying up next to him in a in a uh, muscle car. And he's like, hey, wait a second, how are you making that work in space? And he goes, you don't need logic when you got family. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah. And that, I think, sums up the whole franchise just fine.
0: Yeah, I but mean, it, you know what it, you're it getting fun. into. You know what you're getting into with those movies. So if you're going in there looking for something ridiculous like that, I feel you're not going to have a bad time whatsoever.
2: No, and the funny thing is for us, when we do our screenings down here, we have our studio rep that we have to talk to immediately after film and give them our reaction. It's not like you just email them the review later and you know i heard one guy oh it was really stupid it was unrealistic nobody could take a film like this seriously and i'm thinking have you seen any of the eight previous films or the spin-off? <laughs> i mean like were, were, were you what what exactly were you expecting i mean he's like there was no character development and the plot was very thin it's like yeah it's, i always call it the indiana jones it's like i told the rep i said they have the MacGuffin, which is like the least little excuse they need to get everyone together and send them around the world. Doesn't make sense. You can sit there and many times say, well, why didn't you do this? Why don't they do that? You're missing the point. It's all about how to get them all together and get those cars rolling all over the place and then blow a few things up in the process, crash a few things, problem solved, make way for the next two and then the spinoffs problem
0: there you go <laughs> perfect uh moving on from that and that is out now so you can watch that but also out now uh releasing uh today um first off is the forever purge since we're talking about legacies and franchises with uh fast nine uh the forever purge is part of the old uh purge uh movies that uh, involve well maybe a day that uh has or has not finally been outlawed uh now this is now is this in the big on the big screens as well
2: Yes, it is. And the interesting thing about that is it may require a little bit of work for people in the fact that you had three Purge movies, and then you had the prequel, which was the first Purge. And around that time, you also had two TV series. Now, obviously, like any of the films, it is not necessary to see any of the previous films for this to work, because it does work as a standalone. But there are certain things, like, for example, anybody who saw The Purge, Uh, election year knows that at the end of it, there was someone who came to power who wanted to outlaw the purge. And there were people taking to the streets in protest because a, they didn't want to accept the validity of the election. Boy, doesn't that sound familiar. (laughs) And they wanted to, uh, and they wanted to, uh, overturn the purge. So the trick is then you get a prequel and then you got the TV series. So when this film starts, we don't really know what happened in the intervening years. All we're told is that the purge is being restored. And part of that is fueled by uh, a, a new wave of xenophobia, a new wave of we've got to do something about all these illegal aliens. We've got to do something about all these foreigners and their crime. And what is really kind of creepy about the films is I've always said, as they go on, they almost seem like they're ripped from the headlines. And what is really disturbing about this is this movie was supposed to come out last summer. This is another one that sat there and then you watch it. And there are some elements to it that I don't want to give away, but they truly look like they're ripped out of the contemporary headlines in places. Whoa. And this was a, this was all, I mean, you think about it, this was ready to go a year ago. So that means at least six months prior is when they were all filming this and who knows how much before then they were writing it. And it's, you know, and in the end, I think it's a case of it didn't work for me as well as some of the other films, because the idea is that the other films all dealt about a group of people trying to survive the purge night. And you learn a little more about it in the politics and the setting of the world as it goes on. In this one, Purge Night is an afterthought. It's over and done really quick in the beginning of the film. It's about a group of militants who are unwilling to let it end and who continue it after the Purge Night, who take on the law enforcement, who take on the military, with the exception of restoring the America they want. And that is where it's a little different in that you don't have that little tension and the kind of invisible clock in your head going, if they could just make it to the morning, they're going to be okay. Ooh, and, it, oh, interesting. Yeah. and so there's a lot of social commentary uh, that, like I said, it's just, it's very creepy because it is literally ripped from the headlines where in some scenarios, you could say, I could almost see this happening. And the fact that this was all put together over a year ago is what really makes it disturbing.
0: That is really interesting when it comes down to it, because much like uh, George A. Romero's zombie films, you know, Night of the Living Dead, so on and so forth, they were a bit of a social commentary, but m- not necessarily on things that are happening at the time, but just like even with like Dawn of the Dead, just kind of like, you know, how the malls are eating everyone's brains and just all the different sort of aspects of that. This seems to be a little prophetic and kind of kind of frightening, to be perfectly honest.
2: It is. And, you know, I'm going to be really curious to see how it goes over, because the series has been successful in the fact that these are Bloomhouse productions. They don't have a large budget going in. And this is what allowed them to be very uh, popular. If they make 60 million dollars at the box office, they're a massive hit because they don't have a lot invested in them. Uh, but the Creator has gone on record as saying this was intended to be the final film, mm-hmm. and so I'm kind of looking at it going right, but if it goes on and makes money, are they really gonna walk away from this cash cow? you know uh, so it'll be very curious to see what they do with it but it it was i mean it it like I said. I preferred the other film better, but it still was very entertaining and engaging. And like the others, it really makes you go. "Uh." And I think in a film, in a theater filled with people, it would really be interesting to hear how how the audience responds to it.
0: Yeah, that sounds very interesting. And then you can kind of go back and uh, watch them all. If it is indeed the last film, I mean, obviously, like you said, uh, money talks, and we'll have to see what happens with that. Now, a movie that I'm not sure, I believe because Amazon Studios is, uh, they kind of saved it and uh, they're putting it out. This is not available on the big screen, but more of the small screen, and that's uh, Chris Pratt in The Tomorrow War.
2: Correct. Now, this was one of the, as I call them, pandemic victims in that it was a movie Uh, done by Skydance, which is J.J. Abrams' company with Paramount. And uh, it was actually, they finished filming it, I want to say, in like January of 2020, right before everything went crazy. And so this was one of those movies that Paramount decided to take the money that was being offered from a streaming service rather than put it in limbo. And they actually did this with a few of their films. It was rather ironic that they kept... A Quiet Place 2, they kept the Mission Impossible sequels, and they, of course, kept Top Gun 2 Maverick and were willing to continually push those back. But several other films they had on the calendars, they sold off to the streaming services. And this is a really interesting case in that it's a high-budget film that you could say is better than you would expect to see offered as a streaming service movie, but you're not quite sure it would have completely blown the box office doors off at the theater. I mean, it, it would have been uh-huh. a hit, but would it have been a $200, $300, 400000000 million hit? Who knows? So I could see it's kind of one of those things where Paramount was essentially, nobody really knows the full number, but you can essentially say production cost and some profit were guaranteed by selling it to Amazon let's take the safe bet because who knows when the right time to put this in the theaters will come. And that being said, it's a very entertaining film. It's over two hours long. And you know, anybody who's seen the trailers knows it's essentially that a group of soldiers arrive from 30 years in the future and tell them that the human race is about to be destroyed by these aliens. Uh, They're desperate and they start recruiting people from our time to jump 30 years in the future. They fight for a week and anyone who's still left alive or somewhat functional gets sent back. And the whole idea is Chris Pratt gets drafted. He has to go into the future. And humanity is down to, I believe they said, there's about 500,000 people left on the planet. And they're on the verge of going extinct. And they desperately are trying to find some way to stop these creatures. And it, it's interesting. The effects are good. And the, the way I look at it is, There were several times in the film where I said, well, why don't you just do that? And why don't you just do that? you have time travel? (laughs) And then they do explain them at a later date, which was actually pretty cool. Like, you know, one of my things was, well, if you know these things there's between now and then building up defenses. So the moment they uh, arrive, you you know, you're prepared and they address all of that later, much later in the film to do address it. And there's a lot of action. The effects are pretty good. And so it's kind of like, you know, I look at it and, okay, there's elements of there other things, but it is just what you want. It's kind of that gather everyone around, just watch two hours of mayhem and enjoy the ride. And, it, you know, for for that standpoint, it worked very well. And then yet the fact that it's streaming, it's like, yeah, why not? You'd be, you know, why not turn it on and see what it's all about?
0: Exactly. I mean, even though you said that it was two hours long, you got the pause feature. Like, if you got to use the bathroom, you can go ahead and do it.
2: (laughs) And if you you decide, oh, I don't like the story, this is too stupid, the effects are decent. And there's some, you know, there's some fun comic relief characters thrown in and there's some, you know, decent action and, you know, why not? And, And, um... Some really good supporting players, let's put it that way. Fans of 24 will appreciate uh, some of the supporting characters that are in it. And, uh, you know, go from there. You know, what I'm really curious to see is it doesn't end on any cliffhanger or anything like this, but I'm very curious to see if Amazon has sequel rights or if they stay with Paramount. And if it's a hit, will they try to say, Um, let's roll the dice and make a new chapter because we all know that Amazon has not had problems throwing out huge amounts of money to do, produce content look at the amount of money they're spending on the Lord of the Rings series and so yeah, right. on so.
0: <laughs> exactly so it'll be fun to see that I'm actually kind of excited for that and now finally next week is the big release a lot of people are waiting for we've got Black Widow the return to the MCU with the character who you know spoilers if you happen to know and she doesn't make it very far but this is a prequel to uh, to the character and I I would imagine that it fleshes out the character a bit more
2: quite a bit actually and that was really enjoyable because a lot of people when they announced it were kind of uh Uh, you know, oh, why do we need the story? It's already been told. And Mm -hmm. some people were saying, well, because of what happened to her character, they're doing this just so, you know, there's no hard feelings and a proper send-off and all of this stuff. And I thought, number one, you've never read comics because characters die all the time and come back. So there is a way to, you know, there's always going to be a way to bring them back. And what was so interesting about it was... Number one, there was all this flack about Disney needs to release this on streaming, and they kept delaying it, and they kept delaying it. They made absolutely the right choice because this is a big, major event film, and I was sitting there going, "Wow, has it really been 19 months since we had a Marvel movie on the big wow. screen?" But you, you know, you sat there, and my, my only regret was we had a you know a quiet press screening. I, I would have been interesting to hear what the audio a full theater's audience reaction to was, but it was, you know, it, it was great. You get all of this backstory about her. You learn about elements of her life as a child, but they don't make the whole movie about that. It's essentially a story set between Captain America's civil war and Avengers Infinity War. And it fills in the gap about what she was doing on the run while you get flashbacks about her earlier life and the Red Room. And then, without giving anything away, they have obviously a scene, only one, but there is a scene in the trailer, in the credits, and it ties in with the TV series. Not just ones that are out ones that are coming and now i understand why there were some people saying they needed to put this out before certain tv series aired And it's like no it still works perfectly fine this way because it is still a prequel and it just to me really drove home why marvel continues to hit one after another, after another, while stu- other studios have struggled to adapt superhero films over the decades, why some have been unable to have consistent quality and franchises. You know, you look at some of the DC characters for every, you know, one- the first Wonder Woman hit, the second film didn't go over so well. Justice League didn't meet expect. you know, we can go on and on forever about this. Yeah. It's because Marvel, for whatever you know, some people always want to complain. There is a plan. There is a person at the top who has a very clear vision for several decades of these films, it seems. They cast well. They are not opposed to making changes of certain things are not working, bringing in different directors, cast people. The stories are interesting and they lock together. It's not, it doesn't seem like they're making these up as they go. They clearly seem to be saying, we're doing this because this is going to affect something down here. I mean, look at the new wave of films coming. They start off phase four with the prequel, but then you sit here and you have uh, Doctor Strange in the Mouth of Madness after we get Shang-Chi, after we get the Eternals, after we get the next Spider-Man film. And then you find out, oh yeah, uh, WandaVision ties into that and now we're hearing that oh yeah you know what loki actually ties into it too because that bonus scene after the last episode wandavision a couple of days ago they changed it up just a tiny bit just a tiny bit and added something in and people are saying oh my goodness that's probably something that's coming in the loki series right now and you can see There is a plan. And then you hear all these things about the next Spider-Man film deals with the multiverse. And then, you know, you go on and on and then you get all these questions like, look at the trailer for the Eternals. They were they've been here for centuries and have never been involved per se until now. And you go, what is making them get involved now? And then, you know, you you hear about all these other things. There's the Thor movie. There's the Ant-Man movie. There is, they just began production today on uh, Wakanda Forever, the new Black Panther film. And it's so interesting. And there's so many of these live action series in the works, you know, you've got the Hawkeye one coming, you've got Miss Marvel coming, and, you know, there's another Captain Marvel movie coming, and let's not even talk about Blade, and then the fact that, oh yeah, they've got the rights to Fantastic Four, and Deadpool, and the X-Men, and you can just see, they've probably got the next 10 years of these films already, and TV shows, already plotted out and they're already sitting there going, you know, how do we link in what we're doing now with what we want to do, but also what's come before. And that's what's so exciting.
0: And that's one of the things that actually kind of gets me stoked as well too, because you were talking about DC and just the simple fact that Marvel, I mean, they had a plan for the Infinity Saga, and they're definitely doing so much more with the uh, the multiverse as they're uh, leading into it. I just feel that a lot of people are expecting like some sort of bombastic thing to come out of like a lot of the television shows. I mean, everyone was freaking out thinking that you know Mephisto is going to show up in WandaVision or somebody else might show up in Loki. We don't even know at this point in time. So it's kind of entertaining at that aspect, just to kind of see how things are now slowly piecing together, but then also watching everybody lose their minds over, you know, a, a post credit scene that may have just been edited to fix a small thing, or it may be have used, been done to include a character whom we don't know yet.
2: Exactly, and what I find really interesting is, uh, I have enjoyed the series, but to me they work better as series i don't think they would have worked as films per se because there's a lot more backstory and a lot less action and i think it was really interesting for me to see that when black widow finally arrived on the big screen they keep the movies as event level entertainment these become Mm -hmm. must-see That's why they put $200 million into them. They're not being cheap with the TV series, but with the TV series, they have the ability, you know, such as the most recent Loki episode. They basically didn't do anything but talk for the entire film. There was a very short uh, episode, excuse me, a very short action scene, but then there was that post credit scene, and you go, oh, now this is interesting. This is really setting up possibilities. And that's the whole thing. It's the ability to say we hope we've earned your faith enough to know we're definitely going somewhere with this. Just be a little patient. We're not just going to fill up every 5 minutes with a action scene and just wait till you see where this all leads.
0: Super excited for all of this. Some great movie reviews there. People go out to the theaters and buy some popcorn with that crappy butter. <laughs> Remember, remember remember how awesome those were? Well, go back and re-experience that if you can. Stay safe, everyone, and definitely check out sknr.net. That's Skewed and Reviewed. Get all those movie reviews. Get the TV, that, uh, TV show news and all the other stuff as well that you want. Uh, again, Skewed and Reviewed. Thank you so much, Gareth.
2: Anytime. Take care.
0: Thank you so much, Gareth. And yes, a lot of movies out there to be watching uh, right now with uh, F9, The Forever Purge, and The Tomorrow War, and, uh, you know, in the future with Black Widow. Uh, a lot of fun stuff with that. But now it is time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicki B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us?
1: Uh, some uh, Something kind of cool for me because it's, uh, you know, local, specifically to where I grew up. Okay. So there's a very famous actor that went to the same high school as I did, of course, uh, different years, because he's older than me. I know. I know. Who, who is it? Who? Chris Pratt. Yes, he is. Yeah. Crispy Rat. Excuse me. Uh, what? Chris uh. Pratt.
0: <laughs> Crispy Rat.
1: <laughs> well, that was the the joke. Crisp Pratt. Oh, uh, anywho chris pratt is also from lake stevens and went to the same high school as i did which is probably the coolest thing my high school can say like they're like yeah vicky the, um, no hour.
0: no vicky it's a, the, everyone could be uh, yeah isn't your name on a wall
1: of fame or something like that it's you know the bathroom maybe oh oh wow womp, womp. and it was probably me who wrote it <laughs> 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 i mean a lot of people look at it right uh, no, but for those who don't know, he does have a movie coming out. I believe it might be out this week.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. It's uh, on the uh, the uh, the Tomorrow War.
1: Yes, and uh, he did an interview recently, and he talked about how he actually polled like a couple of his friends that were combat veterans. Like he got um, like inspiration for his character from them, and these. Friends of his were teachers from Lake Stevens High School. Oh, are you serious? Yeah, like uh, Brent cool. Barnes. Which in my head, it's it's Mr. Barnes. Like it's, it's so weird. because like I remember Mr. Barnes and Ken Collins was the principal at the time for me. I think he was just a teacher or assistant principal when Chris Pratt went, but he was my principal. So it's kind of funny to think. Oh yeah, my high school principal is, you know, partially to like to thank. For his performance.
0: That is really cool. <laughs> like, it's one of those things that you don't necessarily realize. Like, I'm trying to think back on um, a lot of my old school teachers, and like, I, I didn't know whether or not, I know a couple of them were like uh, veterans. So, mm-hmm. uh, like, if I was, I'm obviously not going to be uh, asking about a role for that, but it's no. kind of interesting just that he was able to remember that or, I mean, uh, like or he
1: stays in contact with yeah. these people. Yeah. And I think that's that's really awesome that you're able to not only draw inspiration from a certain point in your life, but- but also, like, still be able to have them around and tell them about, it and have them, you know, actually get to see it.
0: Right, and I mean, it's got to be a hoot for them as well because, like, I have to feel that as a teacher, that you would be very stoked to have one of your students uh, excelling at anything, right. much less being a Hollywood superstar at this point.
1: And it's funny because, like, I always like Mr. Collins, the principal, uh, Ken Collins. <laughs> he always uh, he was always very nice whenever I did interact with him. Like, and I, I, I say. Not that I stayed out of trouble. I just stayed out of getting caught. No, there you go. That being said, on, move. <laughs> I didn't have many interactions with him because I was good at not getting caught. But he was always very nice, but he was always very like, what's the word? Stoic is not quite the word. He's just very, you know, like very military-esque in the sense like he stood up straight you know told it how it is like he was very nice but he also accepted no nonsense so like mm-hmm. I, I it's like I could see it like so I'm very curious to watch this and see if I can point out any I'm like oh there's Mr. Barnes oh
2: there's <laughs> Mr. Collins
1: and by the way when you become an adult you can never go back to like your teachers and call them by their first names I feel like that's illegal
0: it is very strange I hadn't I didn't go back and I haven't talked to many of my uh, uh, high school teachers but I did uh, with the librarian because mm-hmm. she was the one Mrs. Collins so oh. they even can't right. call, I can't call her Linda. Like, there's no, no. way I can do that. Um, but I, I, I went back and I thanked her because she was the one who got me reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> and was like, the number 42 will be very important for you in the future after you read these. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. So I wanted yeah. to go back and thank her. Aww. But it was that same thing. Thank you, Mrs. Collins. I could never, I just, there's no way I was able to call her by her first name. It's too weird.
1: Right. Like I still, there is a teacher that really taught me like uh, video production and kind of shaped like, because of that class, it very much shaped my future and everything I do and like the jobs I took, everything. Um, but I could never call him Will. No. He's, you know, shout out to Mr. Ferroy.
0: Mr. Ferroy In the box. What?
1: Huh? It was a, it was a computer class or a a, a video pro, uh, video and TV production class, and we weren't allowed to have drinks. Oh yeah, anywhere near the equipment. So if you came in with a drink. There was a box by the door. So if he saw you with the the soda or whatever, he's like, in the box? So everyone, at least maybe our class, I don't know if anybody else did before or after, but everyone would just start yelling, in the box! What's in the the box? What's in the box? We just mimic him. In the box. (laughs) In the box.
0: I would love to hear people's uh, shout outs to their teachers, how they influence them. Uh, Especially if
1: something nerdy, but not necessarily just that.
0: Absolutely.
1: And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.